Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Why that? You were first up. At least that's the one I saw this morning. Congratulations to you, Kim, Cindy, Zane, Kirk, Jonathan. What a great group. What an alert group. And that's what the world needs. More alerts. I mean, be alert. Okay, I'm dating myself. Yeah, that that goes way back. I'm so happy you're here today. What a great subject today. What a great day to be alive. A pivotal day. This Tuesday, calamities when the Father speaks roughly. You're on Morning Devotion. In case you just passed by, you don't know where you are. You are in the Morning Devotion family, MD21 family, devotees. Yes, we welcome each and all of you. Bring your troubles, bring your trials, bring all your situations. We will pray. We will bind together. And so thank you for being a part of this. I appreciate it very much. Some of you have been with us a long time and Thank you for your faithfulness to this. Calamities. When the Father Speaks Roughly, Tuesday, May 18. I awakened this morning with that word on my mind, calamities. I pushed it aside, began to prepare the devotion that I had on my mind. But that word kept coming back. Calamities, calamities, calamities. And I and I apologize if anyone named Jane is on our morning devotion. We are not saying your calamity, Jane. But anyway, I, I just kept hearing this word and I finally asked, Lord, what are you? Is that you, Lord? And I heard that all too still familiar voice saying yes. And I was impressed as well with just to figure out what was going on. And, and it dawned on me. It dawned on me today. Today is the anniversary of Santa Fe. And you may think when I say Santa Fe, I'm speaking of New Mexico or the Santa Fe Trail or the Atchison, Topeka, Santa Fe Railroad. But if you live where I do, and uh, Santa Fe is a community just south of us, three years ago today, the unthinkable happened in the Santa Fe School District, the high school, now ranks as the third deadliest high school shooting in America. I just went back to that time First, it seems like only yesterday, but it also, it happened in a pre-pandemic world, and it seems like an eternity ago. And I went back to that time because I think about all of the struggles we have going on in this world. God's what, what's going on? Shit, one with another at one of those camps. And so vital in our day, iron sharpening iron. We've got graduations happening around us, new life coming in the world, babies just being born and what a great, great moment and thankful for that. So very thankful. Just want to encourage you and want to encourage you. Let's just bind together. But when you see God at work and when we see what's going on around us, think about what's happening in our day. A calamity is defined as an event that brings great misfortune, terrible loss, grievous affliction. It's used commonly to describe disasters like a flood, a drought, or a failed harvest, a death of a loved one, a hurricane, a tornado, uh, the events that uproot us. 
This word calamity is found in an old French word that means disaster, misfortune, adversity, faced with calamitous moments, flooding in Texas and Louisiana happening right now. Cyclone has hit pandemic-torn India. Refugees flowing northward into our country from Venezuela, Colombia. Israel locked into a struggle with Hamas and Gaza. And now rockets are flying from Hezbollah in Lebanon and saber rattling going on across the world. China's shutdown of liberties in Hong Kong, threats to Taiwan. And now we're hearing from Moscow the same sorts of warnings that Hitler used on the cusp of the Second World War, excusing the Third Reich's invasion into neighboring countries back then to ostensibly protect the German-speaking people in those countries. And now we're hearing the same warnings from the Kremlin toward Ukraine that Moscow will protect the Russian-speaking people. We're we're in a difficult day, folks, and calamities are coming in waves, one wave of misfortune and adversity after another, economic threats, injustices in our world today that are just reeling to and fro, earthquakes, storms, tornadoes, floods. In the last day, perilous times shall come. Calamitous times will come. Calamities will come in waves. We live in the last of the last days. And we need to pray. I'm seeing the prayer request going by right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm remembering what you're saying, Kim and Zane, we're remembering it right now. And I, I feel like we need, we need to bind together and stand together in prayer and just believe that God is doing something glorious in our midst. Thank you for praying one for another. The word calamity, that's the word that was on my mind when I woke up this morning. It's a Bible word. It's it's what we see an aspect of God that we may find troubling. You, you see, it's easy. It's convenient. It's accepted. It's in vogue to simply say, oh, well, bad things happen to good people. But God, God is not behind any of that. And indeed, there's some truth in that. God doesn't sin. He doesn't prompt people to sin. He doesn't tempt people to sin. He doesn't cause people to do bad things. That's, that's Bible. But we fall short of looking at life biblically when we fall into the trap of saying, God is good. Therefore, any bad thing that happens, well, that's not God. It's a trap. Why why do I say that it's a trap? Because when we confine God only to pleasant experiences, only to the nice things of life, or as Israel of old did, confine him to be the God of the mountains and not the God of the valleys, then we miss God. We miss him at the most calamitous moments of our lives and our days. You see, God and calamity, I won't say they're synonyms, but they're often found together in Scripture. In fact, here's the first use of the word calamity in the Bible. It's in the song of Moses. Moses is summing up his life experience, Deuteronomy 32. To me, to God, belong with vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the the things that shall come upon them shall make haste. 
And we remember at the close of the Bible that the overcomers will sing the song of Moses, the song of the Lamb, the song of Moses, saying that calamities are coming upon people who forsake God, who practice abominations, who worship false gods. That is, surely as night follows day, calamity comes to the one who forsakes God. But here's the curious thing. Psalm 18, 18, that's easy to remember. The psalmist said, people prevented me. They opposed me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support in the day of my calamity. When calamity came to me, the psalmist said, people attacked me, put me down. They confronted me. They came upon me. They attacked me when I was in my day of calamity, but God was there for me. And God supported me. You see, we see that calamities come from forsaking God and comfort comes to those in calamity who turn to God. It troubles a lot of modern scholars to read in the Old Testament that the same God who brings calamities, who laughs at calamities, who mocks people's fears, who promises calamities, who comes upon the wicked suddenly, who says things like the calamity of Moab is near and God will bring calamity upon Esau and he pledges to bring calamity upon them from all sides. What are we to make of this? Many will just simply say, well, that's God of the Old Testament. It's just, that's the God of the law. That's just not the God that we serve today. And yet we know that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. He changes not. I find it very appealing, though, to think that that's just the God of yesteryear, to think that God will never permit anything bad to happen, that life is going to be peaches and cream. Yeah, that's that's a by the way, that is a bluebell vanilla uh, peaches and cream. I just thought I would share that with you in case you haven't had breakfast this morning. Nothing like a little bluebell to get the day started good. Can I get a witness from all of you Tejanos who know what I'm talking about? I I would love to think that God is just peaches and cream, that everything is fine, and that you and I, if we love God, we're going to be spared the calamities that have come to this world through her sin, through her waywardness from God. But do you remember, do you remember that passage where Jesus was teaching, he referenced some calamities. It's in Luke 13. Jesus is talking to some people and he said, do you remember how Pilate ordered the execution of some Galileans? They were actually in the temple making sacrifice and he ordered them killed. He said, do you remember that tower in Salome that fell over? It collapsed and killed 18 people. Jesus asked. He asked those people, you remember that? Now, do you think you're more righteous than those people? that they deserve to die more than you did? Jesus then said, repent, or you too will perish. This is one of the hard sayings of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Jesus we don't know too much about. The one who views things in the light of eternity and glorious purpose, not solely upon our convenience in this life. He's the Jesus that makes us feel uncomfortable. He's the one that challenges our preconceived notion. It's tempted to say, and I'm, I'm afraid I'm saying it, that God, God never causes calamities. He didn't cause this. But we find in the Bible that God did cause some calamities. In fact, in Isaiah 45, 7, when God is calling and raising up Cyrus, 
here's what God says. I form the light. I create darkness. I make peace. I create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. God makes peace. God creates calamity. God causes, calms things down, but God will stir things up. God is good. He's good all, all the time. So ultimately, there's no calamity that he brings that doesn't work for good. But staying in the Bible, with the Bible view of God, Paul said in Ephesians 1, God works all things after the counsel of his will. All things. What does all things mean? Well, it means all things. How's that? Saying that's good. Trenton, you know that's good. It means all things. Whether it's the storm that came against Jonah, whether it's the fall of the sparrows to the ground, the changed minds and hearts of kings, the suffering of good people, miracles of healing, the giving of life, the taking of it in death, and yes, even Calvary. That's part of all things that God works all things according to his counsel, his will. Amos asked, if a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? The word calamity is, wow, it clings to Job. You're going to find the use of that word several times in his ordeal. You remember what Job said after he lost 10 sons? Now, I want you to get this. We say this. Job said, the Lord gives, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We like to sing about the God who gives. We struggle with the God who takes away. When Job, Job was covered with boils. Do you remember what Job asked at that time? He said, shall we accept good from God and not accept calamity and not accept affliction? And you and I would just say, wait a minute, Job, you don't understand that was Satan, not God. Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. It was Satan. Job, it was Satan. It was not God. That's what we read. But I want you to look at this man of faith. Job looked at his problems differently. Shall we accept good from God, but refuse to accept affliction? In fact, in fact, when Job was written, what was thought to be what is thought to be the oldest book of the Bible, do you remember what was written in that fateful chapter 42 that Job's brothers and sisters and came to him, they consoled him and they comforted him? Why? For all of the afflictions the Lord had brought on him. Mm. We're so quick to blame others. We're so quick to blame the enemy. There's no doubt the enemy's alive and at work. There's no doubt others don't have your best interest. But here's what I find comfort. I find comfort that God is at home in calamities and that everything I go through, there's a nail scarred hand reaches to me, that nothing happens to me that hasn't gone through him first. And he knows what's best for me. You might say, well, pastor, where's your faith? And I would ask you, hey, MD family, where is your trust. I trust God. I trust that God can speak to me in the good times. I got that he can draw to me in those seasons of comfort and joy and whisper to me and bless me and strengthen me. But can I just admit to you that I have also found that when those bad times come, or to use biblical language, 
when God sends calamity, God speaks to me there too. And sometimes what he says is so meaningful. He reminds me, hey, Ken, you're no better than my prophets. They live difficult lives. They were mocked and ridiculed and even killed. Hey, hey, Ken, you're no better than the apostles who saved one, gave their lives for my cause. No, I'm certainly no better than Jesus, who prayed that that bitter cup would pass from him, but it did not, and it would not, that in a God-ordained, God-planned moment, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world would be the one slain by the creature. And I think, and I think, God, you work. You work in mysterious ways. You know, Christy, Mike, Bonnie, I just believe, I believe that God has his way. He rides in the whirlwinds. He comes on the gentle breeze. He comes in the peaceful moments, but he's there in the rough times as well. I believe that with all my heart. I think back one of those curious songs. If you were raised in this, you know what I'm saying. We sang songs. We had no idea where they came from. Oh, can I get a witness to that? We just sang them. And, and to this day, some people don't really know where these courses and things that we sang came from. Here's one of them. I've got a long way to go to be like the Lord. I've got a long way to go to be like him. I've got to be merciful, dutiful, faithful and true, kind and just in all that I do. I've got a long way to go to be like the Lord. It had two verses and they show us how God speaks to us roughly. In calamities. Here, here's what, here's what the first verse said. I don't remember trudging up a rugged hill with a cross upon my back. I don't recall a thorny crown being placed upon my brow. And now that I look back, I've never been spit upon, ridiculed, wounded in my side. Life's no better roses, but still I'm alive. I've got a long way to go to be like my Lord. But then the second verse talks about how God uses calamities to point us upward. The second verse said, I'm traveling onward, upward daily. Lord, am I on my way to victory? And when I reach that city, some morning by and by, Lord, remember me. I want you to strengthen me, encourage me, deliver me, I pray. For I know my weakness, and that is why I say, I've got a long way to go to be like my Lord. That's what life teaches us. That's how God speaks to us through calamities, that we recognize our own failures and shortcomings and our frailties, and we look to him and rely on him. You see, here's what happens. We get focused on, why did this happen to me? Who caused this happen to me? But learn the lesson of trust. It's always best to turn to God and say, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know why, but I'm no better than you. I do better, you see, thinking, Lord, that you saw some higher purpose in this, that you are working to bring something good from this. Rather than falling back on rebuking and cursing the enemy in the midst of calamities, I would rather say, God, this is you speaking to me. And rather than focusing on why it's happening, focus on what I must do. What should I do? in response of this? What change should be brought in my life? 
As Jesus said, don't think God singled out great sinners to permit calamity to fall upon them, to die while sacrificing a tower to fall on them. Rather think it could have been me. It should have been me. And repent, repent. Yes, I was awakened to the word calamities today. And I thought about the three-year anniversary of that Santa Fe school shooting in light of all of this. Not that God drove someone to act in such a destructive manner, but we live in a world where sin reigns. But God can use even such difficult situations to draw people closer to him. Cause each of us to say, it could have been me, should have been me. I turn to you, O Lord. Now let me explain my title in closing to give you a bit of good news. Calamities, when the Father speaks roughly. Some of you know that phrase, when the Father speaks roughly, is a Bible phrase. It's the story of David's struggle with King Saul and Jonathan Saul's son purposes to find out what's in his father's heart. And so in 1 Samuel 20, we read of the Father speaking roughly. But sometimes our Heavenly Father speaks roughly. And we're in such a moment now where it's not the divine whisper, but we're seeing and hearing the coarse grinding of calamities all around us. Can you hear God speaking to you? Can you hear him say, turn to me? Let me close with some hope here because on the other side of rough speech is tough love. He loves us with a steadfast love. And if he didn't, he wouldn't chasten us. He wouldn't try our hearts. He, would, he wouldn't seek his best for our lives. And he certainly wouldn't have stretched his hands to die for you and me at Calvary. And it's those same nail-scarred hands who wouldn't be reaching for you today if that isn't love. Oh, praise God. So when the Father speaks roughly through calamities, turn to him and say, God, what do I have to learn? Repent, draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to you in the midst of those claims. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this family. Kenneth, Lillian, Kirk, I just thank you for showing up each morning, encouraging one another. God bless you. Share this. Share the camp meeting promotion. And may the Lord be with you today. Circle back and let's pray one for another. And I just believe God's got something great in store for you and for Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.